Don't you think we should thank our worship team just one more time? <laughs> These songs today were, um, were chosen very intentionally. The, um, as you'll notice, there weren't a lot of just, I'd call real super up songs or, you know, kind of fun songs or, or those songs that you want to kind of, you know, move your feet and kind of move your body as much. They were really designed for us to, to focus in on Jesus and to be able to, uh, to, be able to reflect on him. And, and today, you know, just to let you know what we're, what we're hoping for, we're really hoping that when all of us leave this morning, that we, we will have decided in a greater, more full, rich, remembered way that what life is really all about in being a Christian is following Jesus. I mean, there are a lot of other things that are involved in having a great family and having a great marriage and a strong character and making an impact in our communities, but it really is all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus from the very beginning, and yet, yet to, we, we can sometimes stray from the most important thing, which is our love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and make our singular focus in life following Christ. And everything else, Jesus said, will be taken care of. We seek that first. His kingdom and his righteousness, and all this will be yours, you know, you know as well. And so uh, Alex and I are going to share on this topic again this morning in a similar way that uh, last week Nick and I also shared about this in following, in following Jesus. The, uh, the thing I want us to, to think about here, uh, there are books that you read that kind of inform your thinking, okay, as you kind of look at where you are in your age and when you consider Jesus and following Christ. There have been a lot through the years. I think the, one of the earliest ones that really had a very great impact on people was shortly after uh, World War II. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote this book, The Cost of Discipleship. Any of you remember that? And in reading it, it was a very riveting, you know, you know book that really just, just moved into our hearts and helped us to think about Jesus being more than a tradition and a religion and an institution and a general lifestyle or way of life to really following Jesus in every aspect of our life. And then a little bit later on, this book, or about the same time people discovered it, this book we referred to last week, In His Steps by Charles Shelton, where the idea was that not just coming to church and having literature and, and habit, believing some things about God and trying to live a generally moral life, but that it really is about seeing Jesus in your life and ask yourself on a day-to-day, -day, hopefully hourly-hourly basis, what would Jesus do in this situation as a student, as a dad, as a mom, as an employee, as a small business owner? What would Jesus do throughout? That really is just the core of not just believing in Jesus, but following Jesus. Does that make sense? Does that line up with what you read in the Bible? And generally, it lines up with the convictions we all made when we decided to follow Jesus. Uh, there are other books in the, uh, back in the, the late 60s, early 70s, The Master Plan of Evangelism, that a lot of people you know, discovered this idea of Jesus' focus was to, 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 to focus on a, a few people. You know, he went about doing good, obviously. Uh, you know, uh, Mishpat was, was his middle name. I mean, the way he treated everybody equally and, and out of their value in the image of God, but he had a focus to be able to raise up and train a smaller group of people that he then believed and trusted 
would change, would change the world. There, this, there, there are a lot of books like this. One of the more recent ones that some of us have been reading, this informs some of our thinking, is a book called Disciple Shift. And, uh, and that's why I put up on, on the, the screen here, Discipleship. Disciple Shift or Disciple Drift. Okay, this, uh, this book was written by one of our, uh, uh, some of our cousins, uh, as we sometimes call it, in the Restoration Movement, in the Christian Church. And uh, uh, many of these uh, churches have been kind of discovering uh, discipling, as we would call it, or not just discipleship, but discipling, you know, relational uh, discipling of one another and helping each other mature and to grow in Christ. Uh, some of them haven't had the brain damage that others have had in our movement through the years, okay, when we've gone through different things and there's this great joy of discovering because the idea is to go from just assembling a large group of people and, and, and bigger programs and better worship to be able to drill down in our personal relationships with each other to help each other mature and grow in Christ. And so it's this shift from just uh, being a big church, another book we've been reading is Simple Church. It tries to, to drill things down more simply, okay, instead of being really complex in our church life and our own Christian life. But as we all know, because many of us have been Christians for a while, and we made that decision to follow Jesus, but is it true that you can also get disciple drift in your life? Where you kind of drift away from some of those very important first principles and in any business and any team you know you get away from the basics okay you really start going in a territory that isn't isn't meaningful to you now um, I want, want us to look at a couple of passages here before Alex you know comes up the interestingly enough in this book disciple shift this is like a principle verse that they they use and it's a very interesting read you'll get a lot out of it and it's easy it's an easy book to be able to find but uh, they, they focus in on, on particularly uh, this, this period in Jesus' life where in all of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, uh, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, where Jesus calls people and he says, follow me, that, that was the call, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Our teacher to go out and fish for men. And it says they, they would leave everything, drop what they were doing, and they'd follow Jesus. And so we asked a question last week that, again, we'll just pause here and, uh, and do it again. Am I following Jesus or just tagging along? Is that a fair question? Am I following Jesus closely? Or as the Bible also refers to Peter at one time in his life when he was struggling, or am I following at a distance? That's an important question that only you and your relationship and walk with God and maybe with some help of close friends can really be able to answer, you know, in your, you know, in your own life. The, um, uh, I want to I remind you of something. In, uh, in, these, in these gospel initial accounts of Jesus, Jesus approaches fishermen and says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Come follow me. Three words that excited these men enough to drop everything they had to walk in the footsteps of this inspirational new leader. I don't think these men could have ever dreamed what these words would go on to mean. I don't think they realized that the man they were about to follow would go on to change the course of human history. There's never been a man whose existence changed the world quite like Jesus. Jesus, the greatest leader the world has ever seen, was also the greatest follower the world has ever seen. 
basically quoting word for word the first 45 seconds of, of Nick Schaff's talk to us last week. It's very strong. It's very profound. This morning uh, as well, we have another uh, young man in our, you know, in our midst. We're of, diff- we're of different generations, different ages, me, Nick, uh, Alex, you know, uh, and, and we're represented by different generations here. And, and Alex was just going to come up. He just celebrated a few days ago his 12th spiritual birthday. He was baptized into Christ right here in the ministry here at our church 12 years ago while a student at, uh, you know, at Georgia Tech. And Alex is just going to come up and share because you know what they, they do say? It is true. A picture is worth a thousand words, correct? Well, sometimes a personal example, when you see somebody, it's worth like 10,000 words. To really see it, somebody living it out. We have many examples of that in our church, but it's, I, I'd like to have Alex on this spiritual birthday, you know, milestone in his life to be able to share because I think many of us believe he and his wife, you know, Jasmine, are great examples of flesh and blood following Jesus closely. So, Alex, it's a privilege to hear from you. Please come on up. Good morning. So I'm just going to dumb myself down because he said my name too many times, and that just feels weird. Um, I'm grateful to be up here and share with you guys, but I feel no different than many of you. Uh, I feel honored uh, that I've been able to see 12 years because I know I would not have if it was not for many of you. I know it was, and it's just kind of, I didn't really know this was happening, but this is just how God works. Uh, Steve Brand, who got to share earlier, was one of a great mentor to mine and has shared many special moments where he's taught me what it really means to live like Jesus in some very specific ways. Steve, I'll never forget those lessons. Um, I'll never forget when uh, John Heller pulled me aside, I think the first time that I spoke and helped me understand how important it was to be on time (laughs) because of what was being shared next. And at that time, we did service a little bit differently, but communion was coming. And so he's helping me to focus back on Jesus. I never forget J.I. and I helping a sister move. And about halfway through, I'm like, I just want to quit. And J.I. with his swag and smile, just being like, it's all good. And he like basically picked up this washing machine by himself and just moved it. I was like, all right. One, you're strong. Two, it helped me see the servitude of Jesus. And I'm not alone in this. There's actually a myriad of like, I guess, Christian middle school-esque age Christians out there. You know, we've all been trying to figure this out together where there's a community, a camaraderie. Um, There's a few people that are celebrating their 12th spiritual birthday right now. Again, just honored to be able to share with you guys. But one scripture that stood out to me the most that really models what I think is most important that I felt I've learned about following Jesus comes out of 2 Timothy chapter 2. And it starts out with this idea of that you, my child, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you've heard from me and trust the faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Endure suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him, me, you. 
An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to receive the first share of the crops. Think over what I said, and the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Christ Jesus, risen from the dead, offspring of David. It's preached in my gospel, for which he is suffering in chains as a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, we endure everything for the sake of the elect. That's also us. Remind them of these words. If we died with him, we'll live with him. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. But when we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. I'll say that again. When we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. When we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. I became a Christian 12 years ago. It was great in college. It was a crazy time. But I've learned lessons since then that many of you guys have taught me. And you know what I've learned? It's not about me. And for that matter, it's actually not about you. It's only slightly about us, but it's all about Jesus. And it's so easy to forget that. But I'm grateful for the examples of servitude, and I'm grateful for the examples of teaching. I'm grateful for the examples of love, and I'm grateful for the examples of endurance that you guys have shared with me. What power will it be if we continue to share that with others? So that it's not just a few of us getting to 12, or 14, or 30, or 50, but all of us. Because even when we are faithless, maybe Jesus is working through someone else to help us endure, to help us to see him more clearly so that we can remember him. Amen. Amen. Fishers of men, right? Now, there's some different ways to approach fishing, right? You know, here's one approach of a guy who's uh, he's a weekend fisherman. He's interested in fishing. He goes out and goes fishing, you know, every once in a while. And then there's the concept of being a real fisherman. Your livelihood depends on it. I mean, this is your focus. You are deadly serious about fishing. And th this, is, this is this whole, you know, uh, genesis of the idea believing in Jesus or following Jesus crowds believe in Jesus it's the most natural thing to do to believe in Jesus there are passages that make the distinction between belief and faith or belief and obedience or belief and following and so when we have this this calling of, of being a, a disciple or a follower of Jesus and he says follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men, you know, it's helpful to think about like the seriousness about that and the focus about it. And that's what you read about in Acts chapter 2. Right after they're baptized, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, you know, to, to fellowship and to be able to, pray, to, to prayer. And so here we see, you know, uh, this just this familiar refrain, follow
follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And in each one of these cases, okay, we see that they just left what they were doing and they followed him. They, they followed him uh, with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. We, we looked at this passage uh, last week. We probably, we probably went a little too quickly, but I just want to make two kind of simple points this morning for you to take and reflect on, pray about, study your Bible, talk to your, your Christian friends, your family about this whole concept. The idea of following Jesus, it, it's all about making a decision at some point in your life to give up everything to God and to follow him. And so that first decision, when we, we're going to sing this song at the end, I have decided to follow Jesus. Okay, and we're going to have, there'll be a couple of verses. I have decided to follow Jesus, you know, no turning back. Do you recall that? And then there's another verse, I've decided to follow Jesus, um, you know, though none go with me. I'm still going to, to follow, you know, Jesus. And you see this in these, these decisions that we make. You remember that very first sermon preached in the name of Jesus Christ after he was resurrected, the Holy Spirit came down. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, given the keys of the kingdom by Jesus himself, preaches the first sermon, and we remember how he, he, he crescendos, he's interrupted at this point when he says, this Jesus whom you crucified, God has made both Lord and Christ. Everybody wants a Savior, a Christ. Everybody wants to get saved out of their misery, their situation. They want to be saved, you know, in an afterlife. They, absolutely. We all want to be saved, everybody. But the idea that Jesus is Savior and Lord, that it's a package deal, that we want the grace of God, but then there also is the idea of, of giving our hearts and our lives to Christ. Not perfectly. We have the blood of Christ. We celebrate it in communion every week. Takes away, you know, the guilt of sin, and the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us from sin. But this is all about us giving our heart to him, like you would when you get married, like these fishermen were doing. You know, giving their whole heart, you know, to this. And then the people were cut to the heart, the Bible says, and they said, what do we do? And Peter says, just very simply, repent, change, get baptized. Underneath the water, die to sin, and you'll receive forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Remember that? You remember that decision? If, if not, then you look forward to making, you know, that, that decision. And I still remember, I was looking, uh, you know, we got a little project at our house. We, uh, we decided to downsize. We actually decided three years ago to downsize, but all the work involved, we chickened out year after year, you know, because everything you got to do, I, we got so many boxes and so much junk, and then you got to fix up the house to sell it, and it was just so we delayed year after year, and finally, you know, um, particularly when I got fed up with my house two weeks ago, okay, you know, I shared that personally, shared my sense a couple of weeks ago, I think, you know, you know, it's, it's, I'm done. I don't want to be home. Give me a condo, okay? And Kelly agreed with that, and, um, and, you know, we're getting out. Okay, so you got a lot of stuff you got to do. And so I'm going through boxes, and I'm going through my books, and I'm inviting people to come over because I got a lot of books, okay, through the years. And I went to graduate school, you know, in New Testament. I got a lot of books and if, uh, through the years. And, and then I saw some books by some of my professors at Abilene Christian University. And one of them, this guy's simplified. You know, there's some people that can do, do, 
you know, do great inspirational theological topics and go really deep in there. And some people, they just make it super simple. And there was this uh, professor I had, Dr. Paul Faulkner, and he, uh, he and Carl Burkeen taught uh, marriage and family counseling. I took a couple of courses, you know, on that that I should have paid better attention to if you really want to know the truth, okay, in my, own, in my own marriage. But he would simplify it, and he'd talk about this idea of lordship, you know, and Jesus' lord. He said, it's very simple, you know. Uh, if you have a lord, that means you, you do what he asks you to do even when you don't want to do it. It's really simple. You know, when, when God asks us to do something we want to do anyway, <laughs> it's not like he's our Lord. And so he said, you just kind of figure out what you don't want to do that the Bible says, and there's usually plenty, right? You don't have to read that far. And then you decide, I'm going to do it. And you remember what Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Luke 6, 46, it's pretty simple. You know, on, on that. And there are many, many other passages, you know, like this in the same way. Matthew chapter 7, you know, 21. You know, on that day, many will say, Lord, Lord to me. And I'll say, I never knew you. You didn't do what I said. And so it's that very simple. And uh, hopefully you've made that decision, you and I. But you got to go back to it again. And that's why, I don't know if you know this really quickly. The title of this was Following Jesus Part 2. And then I clicked real quick and it said, Following Jesus Day 231. That's where we are in the calendar. The idea is, theoretically, right, we've been following Jesus the last 230 days, and we're going to make it 231. But if you got to start with one today, start with one today. And really follow him with, you know, with your heart. That's, that, that's the first. I don't know. You can't ever get away from this. Any more than you can get away from your wedding vows if you're married, you know, and your vows at baptism, you know, and, and we know the passage. Again, there's, there's a concept of believing in Jesus and following Jesus. To the Jews who believed in him, Jesus said what? Conditional sentence. If you, you got it right there. You hold to my teaching. You're really my disciples. And it's just pretty clear. Again, we're not talking about sinless perfection, but we are talking about our aim and our focus, right? And so that's why the scriptures really do, do, do say, you know, following Jesus, isn't it a daily decision? <laughs> if it's not daily, it's not Christianity, you know? And Jesus just like makes it really, he loves us and he, and, and he, he shares all this good news with us. It's amazing, but he, he says in this same, you know, place in Luke chapter 14, hey, if you don't take up your cross and follow me, you, you can't be my disciple. You can be, you know, come to church and you can keep coming to the, the talks and you can come with the crowd and you can, you know, and, 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 and work on it, but you're not really a follower of mine unless you make that decision. Hey, we all know, I've been a Christian a lot of years, many of you have as well. you got to renew that every day. It's like you got to take a shower every day. Have you noticed? Yeah. Kelly's worked on me over the years, and I really do that every day. <laughs> Seriously, she had to work on me on that. And, uh, and I, I, I do brush my teeth every day. And, you know, there's just some things you got to do every day. You got to take out the trash your body trash, okay, and the other stuff you do on a weekly basis. But you got there's some stuff you just got to do daily or it's not real. It's just, it's just basic. And, and, and so take up that cross and follow me. And so this is, this is Lordship. I have decided to follow. 
that's it. I've decided. I really believe, my friends and brothers and sisters, as we pray for each other, you and I have to really decide every day that I'm going to follow Jesus. Not make it a big, crazy discussion or great angst. Just say, God, I want to follow you. I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. Help me because it's challenging. All right? There, there's a, uh, you know, th- th- there's another decision that, uh, you know, that you got to make. Let's look in John chapter, uh, John chapter 6. This is the one passage I'll ask you to turn before we're done. In John, you know, in John chapter 6, on this whole uh, concept of really following, you know, following Jesus. Uh, I want to tell you, I just, uh, I love all of you. You're my church family. I really appreciate you very much. And uh, from my personal point of view up here on the stage, I think you're really trying to think about these things this morning and you're focused and, and I appreciate it. And Jesus is worth that attention to his sayings. What, what happens, I mean, the reality of following Jesus is that as you go along and as you keep going through life and learning things, sometimes it actually gets harder. It gets tougher, and it's a really good discussion. Kelly and I had this earlier in the week. You know, following Jesus is a little different at our age group because we're in our 60s now. It's different than when we were 25. I mean, the concepts are the same, right? But it is different. There are different challenges. I mean, if you've got small kids, you know, and, and working and trying, it, it's, it's a little different than it was when you were dating, Right? I mean, it's different when your body starts falling apart. You know, some of those, it, it, it's different when you run into a real financial crisis, like a, a bankruptcy or a physical challenge or your marriage starts fraying at the edges or you have a child that is kind of going off the rails. You know, it's just different. In the church, there are different eras in the church. If you've been, a, sometimes you're in a church, it's just going great and I'm loving it. I love my family group. Everybody seems to like me. And there are other times you're more enduring it. It's just, it's just not awesome, but you're committed like you are to your family and hopefully to other areas, you know, in your life. In John chapter, in John chapter 6, we've got one of those occasions, and, and uh, it's a sermon. One of the great things about John, he has a lot more discord, a lot more teaching. I mean, the long lessons of Jesus, okay? He, he intentionally seems to do that since that's not really included in the synoptic gospels. And then as he's, as he's teaching in chapter 6 and verse 60, you can tell it's, it's a long chapter. And in verse 60, here's what we read. On hearing this, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? You ever feel that way, honestly? This is hard. Who can accept it? And sometimes it didn't seem that hard 20 years ago, and now it seems really hard. It could be as simple as that passage, follow me and I'll make you the fishers of men. It can be almost loving your husband and your wife, rejoicing always, praying constantly. There's just certain times. It's hard to hear it. You don't even want to hear it. Jesus notices in verse 61, it says, aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said, are you like these guys and like me that you grumble sometimes? And he, he, and, and, and he talked to them for a few minutes. It didn't go down perfectly for everybody. And then in verse 66, from that time on, many of his disciples turned back. And no longer followed him. You, you 
can start following and stop when it gets hard. Hey, is it, is it fair to say what's hard for you? What's hard for you in the Christian life? Come on, we all know there's some things that are hard. And, and it can be at different at different points in your life. I mean, it can be very hard to follow Jesus when you're just filled with sorrow and sadness. When stuff is just not going well in your life or in your relationships. You know, it, it can be hard to keep strapping it on every day and getting up and making a decision to follow Jesus. Or, or when you're getting persecuted or you're getting opposition at school or at work, it can be just really hard. It can be hard when you have strong desires. This is, uh, this is where uh, Satan went after Jesus right after his baptism with temptations and hitting at some desires. The desire just for food and for comfort and uh, an appeal to pride and ambition and just a desire. We, we've all got these desires impure desires and just kind of worldly desires and things that we would really like or want or, or long for, but we know it's not really consistent with seeking God first, you know, in our life. And, and that can make it hard. It's just hard. And then sometimes, you know, the whole concept, like I said, of, 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 of lordship is hard. Church can be hard sometimes. I'll just give you a real easy example. We flashed up the word discipleship, disciple shift or disciple drift. You know, you, you, there's some people that have an immediate reaction to discipling. And like there's a boogeyman that jumped out, you know, the closet, you know, somewhere. And, you know, a twitch and, all, you know, all of that. And, yeah, hey, when you have had some negative experiences with that, yes, that happens in almost every area of life. Driving a car, in a relationship, I mean, whatever. When lightning's Storm hits, you know, I mean, we can start twitching, okay? But this is just, I mean, it's really clear. Go make disciples, baptize them, and teach them to obey. Be involved in each other's lives and help each other grow and mature in Christ. That's not that difficult to understand, but it can be hard to take sometimes. You know, particularly when maybe we don't want it, or we've had a bad experience, you know, with, you know, with that. I, I just, uh, you know, I mean, are we like Jesus yet? No. And then sometimes, unfortunately, you know, when we, it's, this, is, this is weird how this works on discipling. You can have either had a bad experience with it or just heard about a bad experience. Or a friend who had a bad experience. And you can kind of like, Oh, have, 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 have all these concerns, uh, you know, about it. It's a little bit like, um, you know, I, I, I mean, it, 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 I, wow, I got so much I could love to say on this that I'm, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to go. I just, um, I, I, I know, um, I mean, just sometimes, I just got to admit, there's sometimes, like with my own kids. Yeah, but dad, my teen leader said I should change my shirt and, you know, or something. I mean, I mean, it hurt their feelings. Okay, or whatever, or what, and, and you know, uh, I, I just, I, it's just so hard. I don't want to be controlled or whatever. And then I'm going like, do our kids understand what it's like to grow up in the world? <laughs> to grow up? Ross and Kim and Kelly and I were talking about our dads. God bless their souls. Whew. Whew. 
I mean, some of the stuff that us that have experienced, I mean, really getting roughed up by the world, by parents, by, by other things. And I'm not trying to minimize any hurts that any of us may have felt, but it happens. We were watching, we were packing boxes, and we had this, 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 this Netflix movie that we had on that I was coming in and out of, but I heard enough, you know, to go where a, a, a young girl was saying, uh, you know, about her dad, and somebody was complaining about her dad, and, and this, this young girl said, well, every girl needs a dad, you know, even if he's a jerk. I thought, well, that's interesting. We need each other sometimes even when we're jerks. We need the body of Christ. We need each other. I just really hope that whatever your thing is, the sorrow you're going through, the hard times we go through, the legitimate challenges in our life, you know, you know, when the church is a little awkward or weird or whatever, or, you know, we just work through that and just follow Jesus and, and help keep, you know, keep growing. I think that's really, really important thing for all of us to be able to think about and to be able to really, you know, you know really to, you know, decide. And, you know, we got to follow Jesus you know, not just, not just when it's convenient, let me go first do this, you know, or that. That's just part of the package. And, uh, and then I love this. If we're going to say, I'll follow you, Lord, but, let's put the but be more like the but in Luke 5. You know, but because you say so, Lord, I'll do it even though it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I'm not feeling like that in my own eyes. Let's, let's wrap it up. How about let's fo focus our eyes on Jesus? Okay, that's what, it's, that's what it's all about. God will make everything clear. Just focus our eyes on Jesus and, 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 and follow as closely as we can to him. Lengthen our stride, you know, as we're, we're walking, you know, you know behind him. And, and, and don't forget what we talked about last week. The, the, when you do this and you study the scriptures, what's going to happen? You're going to be filled with awe. And you're going to be amazed, and you're going to see the remarkable things that Jesus has done and can continue to do in your life. Jesus will fix it. He can help us, you know, in our lives. Just to review our takeaways and maybe phrase it a little bit different from last week, okay? What we're hoping is we can just keep on reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and keep looking at Jesus, okay? And, and, and you, 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 because... Even in this sermon or what I've said or what, what Alex has said, you know, eat the fish, throw away the bones. Some of these things will connect. Other things won't. It's always like that with a human, you know. But when we go and look at Christ, we're going to get just what we need, you know, on this. Spend time, read, take notes, consider making your own study like Nick shared last week about that. He did it for several years and has 70 pages on just being able to look at Jesus and to see his characteristics on that. Fix our eyes on Jesus every day and let's just stay amazed all over again and, and make a decision for the first time maybe or hopefully for the last time I mean to fully be all in reaffirming it every day to follow Jesus every day of our lives I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No, no turning back. No turning back.
let's stand together and sing this.